You are listening to Critical Mass, coast-to-coast radio show, a national business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows are heard exclusively here on radio station octalkradio.net, banning the globe with our message of the power of peer learning. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show is brought to you through a partnership of Critical Mass for Business with Renaissance Executive Forums business owners in select markets across North America. Renaissance Executive Forums is an international organization committed to helping members take their businesses to the next level. If you would like to learn more about Renaissance Executive Forums, then visit their website, Executive Forums, F O R U M S dot com. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Brandman University. Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to make better and more informed business decisions. We do have two guests today, and if you're expecting to hear my interview with Craig Forbes, founder of Alpha Omega Wealth Management, well, just hold on because he's our second guest on the show today. Our first guest is Thomas Buckholtz. He is business advisor and innovation consultant at T.J. Buckholtz & Associates. Tom, welcome to the program. Rick, thank you very much for having me on, and let me acknowledge that uh, Renaissance Executive Forums, in particular Glenn Perkins, had a role in my being here. Exactly. We work with Glenn in bringing us guests from Northern California. And, Tom, I wonder, you've had a multifaceted career that's helped you generate success for businesses and other entities. I know that you've worked in quite a variety of fields from small and large enterprises. Can you tell us about your career and the breadth of successes that you've helped generate? I've just been really very lucky with a wide breadth of involvement and some success in many places. Uh, Maybe of interest uh, for some of the listeners, uh, our listeners, is some things outside of business as well as inside, so let me start with some of those. Uh, some of your, uh, some of our audience may likely be Rotarians. I came up with an idea that became a new Rotary International International Service Program. Many of your people are in Southern California, and it was my idea that became the Palos Verdes Estate Shoreline Preserve several decades ago. And indeed, often in another direction, uh, people interested in uh, political and governance sorts of things. It was my idea that led one of the major parties' national committees to its first involvement in trying to do something in nationwide grassroots politics as an organization of that size, of that type. In business, I've been really fortunate. with smaller entities, typically, I've helped pioneer some information technologies. Uh, we may talk about some of that later. Uh, I've uh, put some new business practices, new at the time, into noticeable segments of the world IT marketplace. And uh, so there's been a lot of good things there. I've led a billion-dollar business unit that met profitability goals and uh, you know, sort of moving on into other directions I actually had a, a, a stand of federal service, and we catalyzed the 
early 1990s nationwide grassroots movement that got this country moving toward trying to improve governmental service to the public. So it's just been, as you suggested, a wide variety of uh, activities and fortunately some success in many of them. And, and I know and when Glenn uh, first brought us brought you to our attention, he suggested that uh, as your title would suggest as an innovation consultant, that that's an area that you've been able to create differentiation for your brand and help both governmental organizations and private enterprise. So, you know, I think many people would use the word innovation to describe much of what you've been talking about. You've catalyzed meaningful innovation for enterprises from which some people might say innovating would have been difficult. I wonder if you could describe in some detail uh, some of that experience and how you helped to bring innovation into the culture of those organizations. Okay, it's a very, very good question, and I think there are two uh, sets of experiences here. One is with relatively small organizations, and one is with relatively large organizations. And in each case, there are challenges in trying to bring innovation in. Some of the smaller organizations were actually involved in very innovative things, producing, for example, new information technologies or brand new applications of information technology. And so there's already some aspect of innovation already built in. But it turns out within such organizations, it's sometimes a little difficult to actually do internal innovation. So in those settings, I'm happy to say that I was part of, a leader for, experienced, uh, et cetera. Uh, innovation looking outward in terms of looking at customer needs and not only uh, talking with customers and uh, and trying to build things that actually did meet the needs they expressed, but thinking ahead of the customer and actually coming up with a better uh, solution than they described or would have described for themselves. And then internally in these smaller organizations, another challenge is actually doing work with a reasonable degree of maturity as opposed to just sort of thrashing around. And I'm pleased to say there that uh, we were able to develop, uh, in this case, software development practices and even tools that made it possible to develop the product products for the customers in a way that ensured that they met customer needs of very high quality, very high ease of use, and uh, production methods that saved an incredible amount of time and led to the possibility for developing product lines as opposed to just an individual first instantiation of a first product. So those are some things, sort of high-level summary, of some things in smaller organizations in larger organizations, it uh, also can be a challenge to innovate. And here, for example, one might say, what would it be like to lead a company-wide innovation program in a large energy utility, in this case, Pacific Gas and Electric, you know, large company, highly regulated, and so forth. And yet I did that, and uh, company employees came up with ideas implemented those ideas, and corporate officers estimated an annual benefit to the company of approximately 1.5% of revenue, in this case mostly cost savings. 
So it's possible to do something in a relatively large, uh, from the outside, perceptively bureaucratic organization, and we might want to talk about that a little bit more later. I also, as I indicated earlier, served in the federal government, and here uh, I did lead a billion-dollar business unit uh, that sold services within the government to other agencies. I was a commissioner in the General Services Administration, and I was also co-CIO for the four million person executive branch of the federal government. By the way, I led a group of 2,000 people. And here it was again possible to uh, catalyze innovation, to bring in new lines of business, to start new lines of business, to make uh, uh, internal changes that streamlined how things were doing. And then often a different area that spans both PG&E and the government it turns out that I've been a key player in three procurement reforms in the IT marketplace. A software licensing practice that became established, I actually established it personally, although it was not my idea, and, while well, I was at PG&E, and then two procurement reforms in an area where nobody expects positive innovation, namely federal government procurement, right. that made a dramatic difference in 3% of the world market for information technology, oh, that's which was what the government was buying at that time. That's significant. And my guest is Thomas J. Buckholz. He's a business advisor and innovation consultant at his firm, T.J. Buckholz & Associates. We're going to take our first commercial break here, Tom. And when we come back, I'd like you to think about all the lessons that you learned from the work that you've been involved with and share with our audience kind of what it is your guiding principle as your leading and go, growing your firm. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We're going to be back in less than three minutes to continue our interview with Tom Buckholz. But first, these words from our commercial sponsors. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire? or try and pass that business on to your children. At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. 
At ExitCoachRadio.com, we're interviewing over 100 top advisors to get you one-minute tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new content daily at 6 a.m. and 1 p.m. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 11,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live here on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net, or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, let's get back to our first guest today, Thomas J. Buckholtz. He is business advisor and innovation consultant at T.J. Buckholtz & Associate. Tom, before the break, I said I was going to ask you to share your guiding principle, kind of your lessons learned. Would you be able to do that for our audience at this point, please? Yeah, actually, there are quite a number, and if one wants to, first of all, ex- extract from that, uh, sort of try to do the right things right, and in um, a little bit more detail, for example, take some time, look around, try to figure out what the issues, the problems, the opportunities could be, really are, and try to focus on the best ones. I think people dive into details too quickly and don't come up for, for error and perspective from time to time, so that's, that's one possibility. Another thing that I tend to recommend is when trying to analyze something to be sure to take some time to look for similarities between uh, the choices that you have or the choices that could be before diving into the differences. Sometimes the differences aren't worth it, and other times uh, where they are worth it, if one understands a broader picture, including similarities uh, between choices, uh, then one has a context for evaluating the differences and making decisions about them. If you, if you don't have the context, then I think uh, life isn't probably going to work as well as it should. Another one I've sort of alluded to earlier is to try to think ahead of customers, suppliers, and other entities with uh, whom one works. Uh, often it's possible to see things that they won't recommend, so it's kind of a contrast between a little bit more intelligent thinking and just doing something on the line of benchmarking and uh, voice of the customer sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Another one that I found very interesting and very useful is to focus on principles. When I led the company-wide innovation program at PG&E, we never had any goals which is kind of an interesting thing. But we did early on come up with seven principles for the project, and so it was possible to market the opportunity that people had. It was possible to make decisions. It was possible to um, uh, motivate people to follow the decisions and to make follow-on decisions that might be compatible because we had principles that we could talk about and that people sort of knew. Mm -hmm. Another one that I've noticed uh, uh, throughout a lot of things is be careful about what you measure. I think uh, in our society at this time, there's a tendency, a proclivity, and a skill at measuring inputs, 
and not so good uh, a talent or practice at measuring outputs. And so uh, we get caught up in in measuring a lot of inputs, uh, and that becomes a focus where outcomes might be a little bit uh, better better represented in the mix of what one is thinking about. Another one is to really just strive for for clarity and simplicity. Uh, we are a society that is uh, adding of our own volition an incredible amount of complexity to things and in some cases for where we are for example in scientific research understanding biology and related things does require an understanding of very very complex things but at other times we're just making it too hard for ourselves and so I really tend to advocate that people uh, look for clarity and simplicity and try to exploit the, uh, the concept and get back to principles and make good decisions and communicate well and do things that have some meaning. I know in our conversations uh, that you you've, you talk and you talked about in, in your guiding principles, they're focusing on outcomes as well as, you know, kind of inputs. I, I'm wondering if you could describe for our audience your philosophy or your practice of direct outcomes and the checklists that you that you use for that. And, and maybe also in that description, we have about five minutes left here on the radio program, uh, today for your episode. I'm wondering if you can also bring it to how middle market CEOs and who are running middle market companies could benefit from this thinking about direct outcomes, Tom. Yeah, let me just kind of run a, a quick history. When I was at PG&E, I found that uh, when I started, too many conversations were focused on technology. And so I came up with a, a slide that had three bullets on it, and I would talk about the program. The bullets were results, and I talk about results for the company and customers uh, and the employees. Second bullet was human infrastructure. That was teamwork, innovation, sharing, and learning. Third bullet was technology, and the idea was uh, technology is important, but the other uh, are more important. And so this evolved into a spectrum, a thought about a spectrum as to how service adds value, service uh, to your customers, service you acquire from suppliers and so forth. And that has evolved into one of my checklists. It has many, many applications. Uh, an executive coach, for example, not me, uh, used it with a CEO of a smaller company uh, who really couldn't figure out what work needed to be done, what work uh, that person had to do himself, and what work could be delegated. And in about five minutes of doing a few examples with his checklist and then applying it to that particular situation, the CEO now felt that he had a model for delegation. At any rate, so I've, I've generalized out of these uh, instances of innovation and the luxury to learn how to innovate better, uh, produced the checklists. They, you can use, people can use them throughout their lives, including in business, on questions like what do we really need to do, what impact might it have, how well should we do it, which is a strange question, but it's a very important one, who best should do it, and those sorts of things. So they're, they're aimed at, uh, at getting, uh, as the title of my book, Create Crucial Insight, suggests, uh, getting to crucial insight, and my hope is that people will use them uh, to do that uh, uh, and save work, not add work, right. uh, while they get a better result. You, you, so that's that's the checklist. Okay. You, you've talked about um, an, an executive coach. I know that you work well with partners and consultants and 
software as a service providers, you know, in addition to them being clients of yours, they're also kind of business partners. Can you, in a few minutes, just give us a sense for your go-to-market strategy or maybe your business strategy for T.J. Buckholtz and Associates? Yes, I do um, some consulting and coaching and so forth. I give some workshops on the tools and on other things. I did a three-day workshop for senior leaders of the Daqing Oil Field Company. It's a subsidiary PetroChina. It's the largest taxpayer in China, I was told. It was a three-day workshop on innovation. So there's all that sort of thing. But I, I really would like to uh, have more consultants and coaches using these tools in their own practices. I'd be very happy if people just bought books or whatever, because I want to see a lot of good things happen. And then in, I'm glad you mentioned the SAAS sort of thing. I am looking for means so that uh, people can use uh, the checklists in business settings through so or community settings through software, and that means uh, either evolve into an SAAS provider, software as a service, or partnering up with uh, people who have customers and can develop some software and we can do some applications in specific verticals or specific types of jobs or, or general uh, sort of thing, whatever is appropriate. So the strategy here is to leverage what I hope is some very useful thinking with uh, a growing community of partners and uh, eventually people I never even meet. Excellent. And if someone would like to learn more about your firm, T.J. Buckholtz & Associates, how do they find you online? Okay, uh, let me spell my name and then give two uh, ways to do this. First of all, it's Thomas, normal spelling, T-H-O-M-A-S, J, middle initial, one letter, and then Buckholtz, B-U-C-K-H-O-L-T-Z. The two means are a website, which is just run it all together, thomasjbuckholtz.wordpress.com, or email thomas.j.buckholtz at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to fill people in from that. Again, it's Thomas, normal spelling, J, and then Buckholtz, B-U-C-K-H-O-L-T-Z. You spoke to the book that you've authored, and it, I assume you can find out more information about your Yes, author. Create Crucial Insight is available uh, there's information on my website, or just use my name or create Crucial Insight. Go to Amazon, and it's right there. What was the inspiration for the book? The inspiration for the book is in line with the strategy and the hope that the world will actually uh, try to tackle better issues, problems, and opportunities, do a better job at it, you know, do the right things right. And uh, one of the things that needs to be done in order for people to do that is to have some tools. We don't often think about thinking as a skill. Mm. We don't think about it enough, but uh, just like engineering and other things, uh, people, I think, can use some tools to do better. And so the motivation for the book was to offer these tools in the hopes of the broader picture. Excellent. And tell me the name of the book again. Create Crucial Insight. Final question for you here today on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. Uh, you say do the right things right. Does that mean in life or in a day there are certain things that are more important than others? Uh, I would hope that people are spending some of their time reframing, 
problems, opportunities, issues, uh-huh. and prioritizing, and then uh, diving in and doing things that uh, maybe have a little more significance than they would have if they just kind of did it without uh, perspective, Excellent. much perspective. Well, uh, it's been enjoyable having you here on the radio program. I feel like we're just scratching the surface on a variety of areas that you could give us more depth and complexity to. And uh, I do want to thank Glenn Perkins, who is our business partner. He's with Renaissance Executive Forums in, in San Jose for bringing you to the attention of the radio program. I've enjoyed the interview with you today. Mr. Buckholtz, have a great day. Thanks for being a friend of the program, and welcome to our Critical Mass community here at Critical Mass Radio Show. Yes, Rick, thanks for having me on, and I hope there are other uh, things I can do uh, through the show and with the community. I just want to contribute. Thank you, and have a good day. Bye. All right, we're going to take our second commercial break here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. Craig Forbes, founder of Alpha Omega Wealth Management, is my second guest, and we'll be back with him after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else. And that university is Brandman. Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News & World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. And it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News and World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at brandman.edu. That's brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our program. 
Well, let's talk about your firm, Alpha Omega Wealth Management. Can you give us a sense for what the firm does, but also, and maybe even more importantly, why do clients choose to do business with your firm? Well, we are what is known as an investment management firm, Rick, and small differences make a big difference in this world because there are a lot of firms out there like us, so we pride ourselves on some of our key differences. So what we do is we really do two types of things. One is we help a number of corporations actually manage their assets and retirement plans and uh, as an advisor to them, and then we are also... Uh, an investment manager and wealth advisor to a number of uh, fairly high net worth uh, families. And in both of those cases, we're doing a lot in the investment world. Uh, for the families in particular, for many of them, uh, we are selecting uh, their individual investments that we make for them. And we think what makes us different from most of these clients is we like to say we become a life partner for them. So we're not just in do the investments, call us, we see you once a quarter, we move on. We help take care of their kids' financial planning in many cases, not always, and we actually work with them on a number of their debt issues, their other family issues. Uh, We work on their business issues. A lot of those things are tied together, and we actually spend time linking in with them from a networking perspective where we actually, in many cases, are trying to find out where they'd like to get business from and connect them back to other people in our community and network that, uh, that we're close with uh, and make them a true business partner for a long time. I'm speaking with Craig Forbes. He's uh, the founder of Alpha Omega Wealth Management. And tell us a little bit about when you started the firm, because I know that you started Alpha Omega Wealth Management during interesting times. Yeah, we did. We started the firm as an independent group uh, in May of 2009. So most of us uh, remember very well what was going on in 2009 because it was a really tough time. Just a quick refresher, Lehman Brothers went down in uh, late 2008 in September, and after that for the next year at least, times were really tough. And um didn't look like the Fed had things under control. The whole world was melting down. Right. We got to early 2009. The world got a little bit better shortly, and then... Uh, into March, April, and May, it got really tough again. And through that entire time, uh, we were working on our game plan to open up this firm. You know, now in, in all honesty, my partner and I had been together uh, all the way back since 1995, working in other places. Uh, so this was not new to us. But to go do that and open up an office and and you know move clients and do everything else from a compliance perspective in that kind of environment. Uh, could have definitely been a, a pretty big challenge, right. uh, but for us, it's worked out really, really well. Today. You know, things look difficult at the time when you think about it. Other people might not have had the courage to do it, but uh, it was probably really good timing for us. I, I do admire your guts, and uh, you're you're here on the radio program in 2014, standing tall, able to talk about starting it in what was most probably the most chaotic of times for your industry, and certainly clients were not probably too comfortable with the idea of any type of change given all the uncertainty that was around them and you you and your partner successfully navigated that so congratulations to you both Craig. Thanks Rick. Yeah. We have about two minutes till our next commercial break so I just wanted to ask you of all the lessons in business that you've learned um, have you developed and would you share with us if you have a guiding principle that allows you to continue to lead and grow your firm? Yeah I would say um the two most important things of all things that we picked up on a long time ago, and I 
practice this all the time uh, to an extreme, is have a lot of fun. Um, and that goes with being passionate about what you do. And I've worked in other situations where I wasn't quite as passionate, didn't have as much fun, and I'm glad I'm not there uh, longer. Um, and the second thing is I would say be ethical in a way that your clients trust you for the way you treat them and the way you treat their, their money and the way you treat their, um, their account, their, you know, their relationship with you. I think those two things make the most difference. If clients trust you and believe you're ethical and doing the right thing, and you're having fun with them and your team, they'll, everybody's going to come back because they feel like everybody's working on this whole, you know, going down the same path together. Yeah, especially in your field of endeavor, um, people need to have total confidence in your ethics. I mean, I think that is, I, I can't imagine any financial advisor being successful if their clients aren't completely confident in the ethics of their of the person who they've entrusted their life savings to. Yeah, and you think about when we opened the firm in 2009, um, and you think about the things that have occurred since then, about how the world is melting down, and you think about the Bernie Madoff types of situations, um, which those kinds of things that continue to amaze us all the time, that we see those kind of things occur. Uh, so if people didn't have trust in us and didn't believe in us, and you know they wouldn't have stayed with us or moved with us or, or done what they did when we opened up the firm or even since then. So um, that's pretty critical. Um, but again, the other part that's really important, people got to kind of believe that you are really passionate about what you're doing, that you've got you're all in, and your employees, your staff, the whole team you've got has got to believe they're on the same ship with you and they're having just as much fun doing what you're doing. Both of those have to go together. Yes, nothing, nothing like enjoying your work and having the people that work with you enjoy their work. It makes a much more pleasant surroundings, not only for the for the employees of the company, but for the clients too, especially when they come in the office and get a sense for your culture. I'm talking with Craig Forbes. He is founder of Alpha Omega Wealth Management. Craig, we're going to take our next commercial break here on Critical Mass coast to coast. When we come back, I'm wondering if you might be able to share with us how you and your partner are growing your firm in a world where you have maybe larger competitors who are also competing uh, for the same investment dollars. So hold, hold tight, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in less than three minutes with our second segment of our interview with Craig Forbes after these words from our commercial sponsors. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, 
presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I would like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 11,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live here on radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting sites. I'd like to get back to our interview with Craig Forbes. He's the founder of Alpha Omega Wealth Management. Before the break, Craig, I said I was going to ask you if you could share a little bit of how you and your partner are successfully competing against larger brands that exist in your space. Yeah, well, Rick, there's a, a couple keys, maybe three keys that come to mind for us. One is lay out a strategy and a game plan to go after where we want to be in the next five and ten years at each point and what it's going to take to get there. And in our industry, there's some very specific things you have to do uh, from a regulatory perspective and other things to convince clients with larger pools of investment dollars uh, that we can handle what they need and be unique in doing it. Um, so in many cases, uh, it's great to be a boutique firm like we are, but you also have to have the stri- stri- you know, strategic direction to do the things regulatorily and teamwork-wise and the licenses and so forth to be able to do what's necessary to actually manage the money. So when we uh, went independent by, as an independent um, firm in 2009, we knew what the game plan was. We st- laid it out on the calendar and, and then start ticking off those dots and points to get there. Uh, and we've hit all of those strategic milestones along the way such that mid-year this year will be uh, five years in operation under management and will, will allow us to go after larger institutional clients. And along the way, part of that including adding some substantial team members that have the horsepower in the background to do what we want to do. So those are two really key things. And the other thing is I would say that's key for us is we are very involved in the community. And there are others that are too. We're not the only ones in the world, but we do a lot of different community things because it's the right thing to do and it gets us seen in the community and we can do a lot of things for people that could use our advice, but it gets us other opportunities to be in front of people where uh, we might not otherwise get to do that. I could go on with a long list. Some of it involves consulting with other entrepreneurial businesses and innovation and things like that. Others, it's more pure nonprofit kinds of things. But uh, all three of those things together have put us in a really good place at this point in time. So, Craig, you're in the Richmond market in Virginia, correct? Correct. Okay. And uh, it's funny. So you guys call your region OC, right? Yes, Orange County, OC. Uh-huh. Right. Well, Richmond, a few years ago, got, which was in, Richmond's got an enormous ad presence. And a bunch of ad people here worked on what was it going to take to give some sort of definition to this whole community. And they've come up with this 
three-letter term called RVA, which stands for Richmond, Virginia, uh-huh. but it's really stuck. And throughout all of Virginia now, you see tags and stickers and other things talking about RVA because it's been a big hub for uh, lots of things entrepreneurial. Oh, that's great. So using the tagline or at least the, the, the acronym RVA kind of gives your community a sense of identity larger than the, the city of Richmond proper, it sounds like. It's exactly right, and uh, I think it's benefited. It's really taken the success forward for this community, and particularly for entrepreneurial businesses like ours. Uh, so in my, my thinking, anyway, it's the third leg on our stool that's allowed us to be successful, uh, that whole uh, sense of identity, sense of purpose. Um, and I'm not sure what you guys are seeing out in your way, but uh, I think also the fact that you know the, the continued struggles with the too-big-to-fail kinds of larger companies in the world will continue for a while, and the world, I think, has become more inward-focused and looking uh, to help help the small entrepreneurial businesses succeed, and that benefits a lot of us uh, in this day and time. My engineer wanted me to ask you if you're familiar with or a fan of the Richmond Spiders. Yes. Uh, in fact, I live right behind the University of Richmond. Okay. Yeah, so they're one of two basketball teams here in town. The other one, which you may know, is called Virginia Commonwealth University, or VCU, that was in the Final Four a couple years ago. Sure do. Well, when Joe Carey, our business partner who's with Renaissance Executive Forums in in RVA, uh, brought your firm and you specifically to our attention, I was excited because, Craig, you're our first guest uh, here on the Coast to Coast Show, and we've been doing this show for four years, who is resident in Richmond in the RVA area. So. Uh, it's always great to open up a new market for the critical mass uh, radio shows ah, okay. and bring a guest like you with quality of the answers and content to well, the that, show. That's really nice. And, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, if you guys look at what else is going on in this area besides our firm and our success, uh, you'll look at it places like the Richmond Venture Forum, which is sort of the entrepreneurial hub for this region, and it's really absolutely taken off where this whole area has become recognized in a way that we tend to show up on national maps for entrepreneurial innovation venture capital where you wouldn't have otherwise seen it 10 years ago. That's excellent. That That's the seeds for continued growth and success, right? It's getting those young companies started and healthy and employing people. That's so great for the local economy. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. And, uh, and, and consequently for us, it's the same thing. And we've got a number of young people we've brought on our staff that have that same kind of energy and drive, and it feeds back into having fun. It does. You know, we've got about five minutes left for you here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast, and so I wonder if if you can think to a time in your professional career where you learned a valuable lesson, Craig, but it came from what at the time felt like a difficult or, dare I say, even a painful experience. Do you, do you ha- have one of those that you might be able to share with our audience today? Yeah, without naming names, I would say uh, in a couple different situations, when I was earlier in my career, um, I was, uh, this is me in particular, was more reticent to go out and be the entrepreneur and wanted to get the background working for larger organizations uh, and was not as much of a risk taker as I've turned into be uh, in today's environment as in an entrepreneurial situation. And those were good for, you know, when you first come out of college or first come out of grad school to get your feet on the ground. Uh, but over time, um, for me personally, it turned out to be a more painful experience, only because you're always driving to somebody else's tune. You're on, you know, you're you're on their beat. They have other agendas than you think ought to be the agenda, or where you're headed to help them. Even it's not something that may be high on their priority list. And over time, those become difficult environments um, 
if you have other items that you think are needed for success. So uh, for me, getting off the larger company train years ago and getting on more of an entrepreneurial track uh, and being able to set the direction, set the strategy, uh, and working on that concertedly with a whole team of people that everybody likes each other has been a huge win. Um, and it's a lot more fun in the last 15 years. We've never had so much fun. Even in the last five, despite how difficult the market is or has been in the last, say, 12 years, right? We had multiple down periods in the last 12 or 13 years. Uh, we've never had so much fun as a team, and me in particular. That's great to hear because um, I do work with uh, middle market CEOs and business owners here in Southern California, uh, like Joe does there in the RVA area. And uh, I, I always tell my clients, if you're not enjoying your job and you're the CEO and business owner, what's wrong with you? You have a chance to create the company and create a role for yourself that you should love doing. Why aren't you doing that? Because that's one of the advantages and opportunities that comes from being an entrepreneur as opposed to working for a larger organization where you're sort of a cog in the wheel. Yeah, it's uh, it's just tremendous. And like I said, the setting strategic direction is, is just uh, absolutely where it's the most fun, and you get to execute on that and do things in the right way. Recruiting the young people that come on that have all this energy and get excited about coming to work with you, not for you, but with you because it's one big team. Uh, you know, in our case, we're half women and half men now. So we, as we've I've said for a long time, you know, the middle-aged, bald, white male guys don't always think the same as, as younger people do. So um, it's just it's it's been a whole lot of fun. And it's to your question, though, it's a lot less painful than marching to somebody else's beat all the time. And that's what's so great about it. I agree. Uh, final question for you today here on the radio show. Can you talk to our guests about, what the future holds for Alpha Omega Wealth Management. You said you're coming up on your five-year anniversary, Craig. I'm just wondering, when we have you back on the program in some years in the future, you know, what's going to be different, or what are you and your partner planning for you, you know, now that you've had your five-year track record? Well, our goal is to manage um, substantial amounts of money for a number of larger clients beyond what we're already doing, which is not insignificant. Uh, and I don't want to put a number out there on the air right now, but let's just say substantial while still being a boutique, would be substantial, you know, amount of money. Uh, and we, having set out this strategic game plan I talked about earlier, to get us there, we have all the building blocks in place, particularly once we hit the five-year mark uh, at the end of June in terms of uh, the performance results we'll be able to, to show. Um, so we know what those are, and we've positioned ourselves there with people, with the technology, with the regulatory requirements, and... Uh, with a marketing plan that we're actually going to be able to benefit from that and sort of springboard off of that um, starting in the end, you know, roughly in the end of June this year. We're close to it already and already have the, most of the building blocks ready to go. And so it's interesting as we plan for ourselves, you know, we get asked to provide uh, business consulting advice to a number of our clients or others that we know through the uh, venture form type of community here. Uh, and we sort of practice what we preach to them. We're going down the same path, so it's pretty exciting to see. So yeah, I'd say in a couple of years you should see us, if we hit our, our targets, uh, manage considerably more money than we're doing today, but in the same way. If someone would like to learn about your firm, how do they find Alpha Omega Wealth Management online, Craig? Well, we have a website. So if you Google Alpha Omega Wealth Management, um, the actual website is www dot a o wealth dot com. That's a o w e a l t h dot com. 
and you'll see all of our people. Uh, you'll see everything about the firm there online. Are you on LinkedIn? Uh, we are on LinkedIn. I should say that I'd love to get uh, connected on LinkedIn. Uh, we have to be careful how we use LinkedIn because of some regulatory requirements sure. in our industry. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Craig Forbes, as the founder of your own firm, Alpha Omega Wealth Management, I want to thank you for the time and giving us some insight into your market, into your firm, into your philosophies. I want to thank you for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the Renaissance Executive Forum's business community and the Critical Mass Radio Show. Uh, I want to thank Joe Carey for bringing you to our attention. He's our Renaissance Executive Forum's business partner in your market. And, again, I just want to wish you continued success. Thanks very much, Rick. I really appreciate being being on the show. Have a great night. It was our pleasure. Have a good day, my friend. Thank you. Bye now. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed our radio show today and that the two interviews may have provided you with some new ideas or information that you can use to make better and more informed business decisions within your middle market company. I'd also like to thank our business partners, in particular uh, Joe Carey for bringing us the last guest and Glenn Perkins for bringing us the first guest. Uh, Renaissance Executive Forums is an international organization that is committed to helping members take their businesses to the next level. If you would like to learn more about this fine organization, then visit their website, Executive Forums, which is spelled F-O-R-U-M-S, dot com. The show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club. Our engineer for today's show is Paul Roberts. Our producer is Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our social media manager is Asia Celestino, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or would like to refer a future guest, visit our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions move your company in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show, business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 